1: SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. And we are back with another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Podcast, AAC edition. My name is Dan Morrison. That is Emily Van Buskirk. How are you doing today, Emily?
0: I'm doing great. I feel like people might be missing us a little bit since it's been a while.
1: It has since you and I just solo recorded. Yeah, just does. We had the uh, team record for the, the pre-draft things, and then that was we, wild. That I couldn't even guy.
0: listen back to that because I was just like, I don't want to know the things that I said in there.
1: Thick. That was the bit my. Basic <laughs> he
0: wasn't thick. I stand by the thickness quotient. You like a curvy. Still, yeah. I, I, I get, I'm saying it's not that I like it. It's that I think it's necessary, and I think there's a direct correlation think? to how well your longevity in the league.
1: I think that's no, not a factor sturdier people are going to be sturdier as mm-hmm. I think yeah. another way to put that right you know, it's uh, just more
0: fun to say thick thick thighs save yeah. lives
1: I know what you're getting it like a big Ben Roethlisberger type he can be injured and in play yeah. because he's a big enough guy to ignore it sometimes
0: mm-hmm. whereas a uh mm-hmm.
1: a, let's say Kirk Cousins type might not be but he yeah. hasn't had injury issues so I'm not gonna put that on him but like you know.
0: Well, it's not that they won't, but they won't take the risks. Marcus, you know? Mariota, it's how like, about
1: Marcus Mariota struggled with that kind of thing. He's a little older sure, guy.
0: Sure. Not, he's slight. No. He's not little. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's like 6'3 three,
1: but he's not like, he's not jacked or anything like that.
0: Right. He's just not a big, and that, and that's the my issue with that is I was looking up weights and heights just today, because I was having a discussion about Grayson McCall, and at, at first glance and like eye test, having hmm. seen him play in person, I think he's a pretty thick quarterback. But I look at his height; he's six three, two ten. It doesn't.
1: I wouldn't be even had him that big. Like I'm only. I know, on TV, right? You. Like he's a guy but who he, I love watching. He's but. like
0: he's sturdy and he's really fun. I think he's going to be a good. He's definitely being slept on a little bit this year, but anyway. So it's not always a stat thing it's a gut feeling it's it's an eye test metric so you just kind of have to you either know what thick is or you don't but it's yeah. some some guys have it
1: some when don't. you see, and you know how to spell it when you see it is it two c's is it three c's is there a k in there if there's a k yeah that's the uh, hefty lefty jared lorenzen kind of thick. <laughs> uh <Probably. no. laughs>
0: well we hope you guys enjoyed that mega podcast because it was fun
1: it was good it was fun I wouldn't hate doing it more off of those guys. There's just got to be a good reason for it. And, like, hey, it's August 1st. Let's do a mega podcast, it would just be mayhem. But uh, let's just
0: do one for my birthday in August. That'll be fun.
1: Sure, sure.
0: You, you guys yeah. can just roast me the entire time for like huh. every take I've ever had.
1: How old are you turning, Emily?
0: <laughs>
1: no, we're not doing Never. that here. Never. Not, not on this platform.
0: <laughs> Never on any platform ever.
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the draft and draft and what happened for the AAC mm-hmm. specifically in a little bit, and maybe even a little broadly speaking, we'll see how it goes. I can't promise we don't get on tangents, <laughs> uh, just can't do it. Um, but first we've got a couple other things to talk about. The first is a little bit of a newsy item just to get out there. Uh, we know that Cincinnati, Houston, UCF are leaving the AAC. It's been news. We've known that for going on a year now not quite a year, but like nine months, whatever it has been. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's officially going to be for the start of the 2023-24 academic calendar.
0: Which is crazy. I did not think it would be that quick. I know you guys, everybody thought that. I am shocked.
1: This was the expectation because, so the expectation was that the playoff format would be changing and Texas and Oklahoma would be leaving for the SEC right away. And the big 12 was going to need to backfill right away too uh mm-hmm. that's all been put on hiatus so there's gonna be like this awkward transition period now where those three schools are in the, with texas and oklahoma and the big 12 for a little while too also BYU's moving in they're independent easier for them doesn't really matter uh right they're paying each uh 17 to 20 million dollars is the number being reported i think first by brett mcmurphy uh was the first person to report that
0: yeah right. it's weird to see his name with action network hq it's, it's cool I was
1: expecting stadium yeah but yeah I yeah don't pay no pay. i
0: i got to i got to hang out with some of the action network people including uh darren Ro- wow why darren can i norvell. not say his name i norvell. yes i was thinking norvell because i was looking, i had okay. just been looking at it anyways not Darren to Ravel, Im- yeah i
1: was gonna say not to immediately like cut you off What's he no. like in person? Cause his Twitter's frightening.
0: It was funny. Like I, I was at this, we hadn't been invited to their happy hour at Circa. And so I, you know, I went because I know one of the girls, Samantha, who works for them. So I was excited to see her. And then I went with a couple of friends. And so we met, you know, some of the higher ups and then um, Darren Raval was there, but he got in the pool. Mm-hmm. like pretty early on so okay, i didn't see a, him exactly
1: right. what i'd expect him to do is be like, yeah it's
0: floor. all over twitter like there's a video of it but like say, he got in the pool
1: yeah he's got a couple of the cringiest tweets of all time and i think <laughs> he does it on purpose but do you remember that time on the anniversary of the jfk assassination he posted a photo of oh, jfk's no. head being blown to bits like before no. you'd poured your yeah i think it was deleted by the time the west coast woke up but the east coast woke up opened up twitter and was like oh there's Oh my, it's all over Jackie. All over Jackie. Yeah. And that's, this is her husband. No, brain. we,
0: I never saw that. I mean, he definitely reminded me of like a dad joke kind of guy when I interacted oh, with him. That's what a, a lot bit, of but... his
1: Twitter is, but every now and again, yeah. he's cringy, cringy stuff. And that's my knowledge. He was
0: fine. And then Matt Barry was there, which was, because I would never met him. So that was very interesting. Matt um, Barry's over um, very guy
1: Who went viral on yeah. Twitter recently.
0: He's a very dominating personality in person. Like you can't really get a I word can see in edgewise. And he was actually not very interested in meeting myself or my female colleague, colleague at all. So um,
1: I didn't so like was- his recent tweet. I'm not going to get into it now because it'd be a complete tangent mm-hmm. and it'd be unrelated to the AAC. It'd be more college sports in general. Uh, but based on that recent tweet, it doesn't surprise me because he seems like an old yeah. school kind of do it the way it's always been. Don't change how I like it kind of guy.
0: Right. It was, he, it was whatever, but I, I will say the action network people were great. I'm excited to see kind of what they do. And, you know, we pitched our Joey chestnut thing mm-hmm. to them and um, we I, I just, I think it's really cool. So it was a great party. It was really fun to meet them, see them. I, I was surprised though. I didn't realize about McMurphy was working with them. Um, so when I saw that tweet that you're talking about, I was like, Oh, okay. Um, you yeah, know, but it, it, was, it was, yeah.
1: Caught me off guard that he was working for them yeah. in that stadium anymore. Doesn't. Yeah.
0: A lot of moves this offseason, especially for media. We're going to see a lot of stuff, but definitely surprised that this is going to be happening in twenty twenty three. Not surprised by how much money it's going to take, not at all.
1: It's a the so we talked about on this show before that Mm -hmm. the AAC was reported, according to the Houston Chronicle, reportedly seeking thirty five million. This is about Mm -hmm. half of that number, give or take. a lot closer to UConn paid 17 million when they left. Uh so 17 pre- to
0: 20. So, so I mean you know
1: what that is? That's UConn set a precedent when they left and the AAC mm-hmm. might have stopped more, but the lawyers said no precedent set you want to call yeah. inflation, we'll give you an extra million or two.
0: Right. Exactly. I think 20 is I mean, this is just yeah. so it's crazy to me that we're even having this conversation about that much money with mm-hmm. everything going on in the world. So it's like to me, this is like an insane thing What's, to be talking about, but like
1: What's wild We are like, it's such a drop in the bucket for every like first I off mean, because so the three schools leaving see as investment because they're going to the big 12 where they're going to be making more annually, just inherently.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this
1: media deal bigger there, blah blah blah. Don't get it right away, they'll transition into getting the full amount. The way like, do you know, Wrecker still doesn't get a full big 10 uh payout a that de- like a decade? Yeah, later. because they're
0: Wreckers and they're the worst. I, yeah. Oh, but they're, I don't know
1: why the Big Ten got them. I do know. We want the New York media market <laughs> because Rutgers is a New York school. No, it's dumb. Literally,
0: Literally, people could not care less about Rutgers. Okay, so, I'll tell you that. Like,
1: I know that you, I also know why they got Maryland. We got to get the DC media market. Yeah, how that, like,
0: yeah, I mean, Maryland at least has a little more like history and tradition and like.
1: And it's all dead know. now that they're in the Big Ten because <laughs> it's, it's going to come back. It's going to Mike
0: Loxley is going to have this program okay. on the up and up. Trust
1: not, me. Not to He's turn the this into a Big Ten East podcast, but it doesn't matter. You would how, love
0: nothing more than to do that, I feel like. Okay, I'm going to say <laughs> what well, I'm going
1: to say real quick. It doesn't matter how good Maryland gets because they have to play Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Penn State every year, and the odds are it's – just historically impossible to be better than all four of those for Maryland. Of
0: course, I don't think they're ever going to be pinnacle of the conference, but I do or, think that Michael Loxley can get them to a place where they can do some damage against those teams. Like it's going to be like, oh, we have to go to Maryland this sure. week. Yeah. I think they're going to, they're going to cause problems. They're going to make it more difficult and teams are going to have to be more prepared when they come into the stadium there in Maryland, because right now it's a little bit, it's been a joke. Right. And Loxley yeah, is like out. not that guy. Like he is, I think it's, I'm excited to see the the state of how that turns around. So.
1: He's an excellent recruiter. Um,
0: he's a dude. I like him. He Anyways. Is, he's got
1: some talent in there back to what i was back saying to our AAC schools. Yeah, yeah, back to my two minutes of news i think where i meant 10 of um <laughs> yeah so they're leaving for that amount of money it's similar mm-hmm. to what uconn paid blah 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 that's all checks out uh that would leave the aac at eight schools for the 2023 season
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: why i'm don't think that they're gonna let that happen i think they're gonna the rumor is that the six COSA schools coming over are going to be added before that year july that 1st I, right that's what july 1st of 2023 yeah, yeah. Yeah, nothing's official, official on that, right? But
0: usually these rumors have, have been true. So the whoever's rumors, getting this yeah. information has been doing well. The rumors are
1: pretty accurate. And logically, it just makes sense. The AAC is not going to want to play a season with eight teams. It's just
0: a... I mean, a, I would love it because it'd be less work each here. week for me, but... <laughs> focus a little bit more on the team still there. <laughs> yes, it wouldn't be so crazy, but... But
1: it doesn't make... It's not a good Of idea. course. It's um, not so good for fans.
0: It's not good... For football, I get it, of course. So yeah. we'll we'll be looking to see when those six schools make it official that they'll be joining, which I'm sure will be coming soon. That news has to be- Yeah,
1: I know CSA- Can't be far out. CSA made it a pain in the uh backside for the Sun Belt schools to leave where they were like refusing to negotiate a uh buyout settlement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh those Sun Belt schools basically said, well, we're gone and the lawyers can <laughs> handle it. So hopefully CSA like- <laughs> doesn't do that again with these schools yeah but who knows maybe they're just really embarrassed and digging their heels and they're gonna be like all right let the lawyers handle it but you're gonna have to say it i don't know (laughs) say it you know it's a possible saga i'm sure that the uh I'm sure that Joe and uh, Eric have a lot more on what the likelihood of the timing is on that. Is there- I'll start
0: doing some digging too. I have, I have some, I have not been paying attention because of everything that's been going on, but I will start reaching out to some contacts. Um, Cause I do have some conference USA mm. friends as well yeah. as the AAC friends that have made. So let's, yeah, let's exactly. use those and work at it. But since we're talking about news, can I just sidebar with yeah. those six conference schools within that This will be within the parameters, so it's relevant. What the heck is going on with rice?
1: Did I miss something other other than the bean rice?
0: I bet I you did say, not I, see that coming.
1: I'm like, unprepared for Rice talk.
0: <laughs> so I will just say this quickly. There was some stuff on Twitter and maybe this just went under the radar because I actually immediately texted Sam Con Jr. from The Athletic, who's a good friend of mine who covers Texas schools. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, what is going on with this Mike Bloomgren talk? And he didn't even know until I sent him the tweet. But basically the new, daily like school newspaper at Rice released a story um, it's on my Twitter, or actually, I actually didn't even want to retweet it because I don't believe it. But it's bas- it, it basically talked to players both anonymously and on the record, although it was very few on the record. And they went by like, I think maybe two had their full names, the rest just went by aliases, which mm. to me is like a big red flag. But... They basically said that everyone hates Mike Bloomgren, that he's not a good head coach, like he abuses the players verbally and is like just an asshole. And I'm just sitting here, like, I know Mike Bloomgren. Now, granted, I'm not a player, so I can't speak to you know how it goes on the football field, but I've known him for years when he was at Stanford. And as a female in this industry, you, you find out pretty quickly like who are the good guys and who are not the good guys because of how they treat you you know how they act and like you kind of see pretty quickly through people and bloomgren has been one of my favorite coaches that i've been around has always been respectful and helpful and i have not heard these things from players ever before so i'm sitting here reading these things like what is going on and i just didn't know if you had seen that or no and
1: you- i'm like I'm listening to you by most like trying to find it. I know it. you're it trying like, to find it. Yeah. I, I could, cannot, I I can't find I'll it. I'll send right it to now, you. Actually. This was I'm looking at this Chris was a little Binney's while ago Twitter right now and he doesn't have anything about it. It doesn't look like Oh my God.
0: Fun fun fact just now, Gary Patterson just sent me a message. <laughs> Twitter. Him. I just opened my Twitter DMs to go find this. And the first one is, is Gary Patterson. I love coach. I love coach Patterson. He and I it, go way back. Okay. Haven't heard of him in a minute, but I want to have him a little bit of talk a about.
1: transitional month or two. Yeah.
0: Can
1: we talk about this, how though. weird He's he em- looks in orange? How weird it is. I,
0: I love that he embraced like his music and all that stuff and like went for it. So what? here's the article. Let me see if it's still up because Not maybe sure. it's been taken down. Yeah, here it is. Okay, i'm gonna send it to you it's it's in the rice thresher and it's, it's the rice university student newspaper i've and it's the title is i've always loved football until he came players say bloomgren has lost the locker room cool. so i'm gonna message this to you right now It's also, see i mean you could it's sometimes
1: hard to tell because there is a transition going on right now in the way you coach football where if you're old school great. it is a lot of guys don't want to be coached in that old school way which. I wouldn't have wanted to be coached in that old school way because I don't like getting yelled at. Like, and, but like, I'm like tough, a,
0: tough, football, you know
1: like, what? Like, like that's the thing is like some coaches do coach like that. I don't, I'll, I don't know if I should take there the time is to no just read coach, that straight up while we're on air. There's right now, no coach in
0: college football that is using compliments to get things done. Okay. This is just not the sport for that. And I think if you came in looking for PC, Gen Z feelings, well, Coaching that is I, not. There's what definitely different styles
1: is. still, though. Like there's the style that's where, fair. Like there is a style where it's more positive reinforcement versus negative. But it's football. I can't imagine that no one who plays FBS football, no matter what the school is, and Rice is <clears throat> not a football school. I don't know <laughs> if that needs to be said. It's not really any type of sports school. It's an academic school, which that's I should say it's not bad to be an academic school. Tulane. A bunch of nerd. Also
0: going to go on the record and say nerd. this: as a sports writer who has tried to get players to come forward with things like this in other programs, <laughs> Stanford, it is extremely difficult to get guys to speak out. So the fact that some people went on the record here actually to say these things, and there was this many people that, like, it's, tough. it's like it's I don't that really suspect grim- to me because the guys that I know would not like mm-hmm. do that.
1: It's reminiscent of what happened at Hawaii over the off season, to be honest with Todd Graham uh, in the uh, SFK yeah. article, where that was the first time I've ever actually seen guys go on record at all for like yeah. coaches mean, or like brood, bullying, whatever you want to call it. And like, that obviously blew up big time in Todd Graham's, uh, in the Hawaii program, I should say, not just Todd Graham's face, but the Hawaii athletic director, there were calls for his resignation after that because he has done some things. Not to derail us and talk too much about Hawaii, but that was, he's done some things that derailed the program that was like this microcosm of it. And that led to like a state senate hearing about what's going on at Hawaii football, which is never where you want your thing, to, your program to end up is from the state senate explaining what happened. But yeah, it's very reminiscent of that. Uh, I will read that article not while we're not on the air because I feel right. like...
0: We can so, talk about it next time. I was
1: going to that, say that's bad audio. If we're being honest, is me going?
0: Yeah, I'll just say this. I know Mike Bloomgren. I've been around him. I've covered Rice he when he's been there. He yeah, I covered him at Stanford. Life. He was the offensive coordinator under David Shaw for many years. Um, You know, he's a he's a good. Like as far as I know, he's a good guy. I've covered him at Rice. I've never come across. That problem in any of my dealings with the players or the administration or anybody. So the, I don't believe this for a second. And I would be very cautious with what we read about it and what's actually true.
1: And that's the only place I've seen it reported. The SF Gate one, and like I student. said about the immediately blew up all over the place. Right. right. Like which tells you there's but that other shocked me too because I I,
0: that, I know Todd yeah. Graham we talked that about shocked that me as Captain well. But, anyway. I,
1: did, I don't know if we did on air, but we definitely talked
0: yeah, about it. Yeah, we that. did. We did. We talked about it. And I that, that it's still still shocking because. He was not like that at ASU and I don't know if this was just maybe because he was very desperate to like be back in coaching and he just yeah. went a you know went think, about it the wrong way yeah. I don't know.
1: I think losing and stress also brings out certain things in coaches that you don't always mm-hmm. see. You know.
0: Which is what I was worried about with Stark at Texas like the stress that that job has I really am afraid that it would bring back some demons for him so like I'm I, still nervous about I, that.
1: And I think that's like, I hate when we break down people based on their, like, I know. stuff like that. And, but, I, like, uh, Ian Rappaport, the NFL reporter, when Matt Corral got drafted, and you're not a huge fan of Matt Corral, and I know that, but he framed, why did Matt Corral slide as, well, Matt Corral has drinking problems, which was, like, he partied a little bit when he got to Ole Miss, which, like, that's what people do when they go to Ole Miss, is they party a bit. You know yeah. what I mean? And then I, you know there, he, goes, and he goes, he also admitted he has depression, which like, that doesn't seem like a reason why anyone should slide. And like the framing of, well, he admitted it. That was the issue is that he admitted it, not that he has it. Like those things I didn't like, but like they are things that happened. Yeah. You
0: know I, mean? I I know it happens. I know this stuff goes on, but I just, I wanted to speak on it because I had personal reference for that specific one. And it was something I was very surprised about as a, as a school that's coming into the AAC, If there is going to be turmoil like this within the program, this will be interesting to watch as they come in um, to a new conference because that's even harder to navigate. So you have to wonder if if there is any claims to to what these people are saying. If they're going to investigate it, if they're going, if there's going to be even more shakeup, like you you want to keep an eye on stuff like that with new schools that are coming in. If there's turmoil like that, so um, I thought that was interesting that that Rice is going through that. So all right, that is enough about our news pieces. I think we all learned a little something from our little, our new session there, but let's move on to the NFL draft. So much to say. I'm sure everybody out there enjoyed it. I I'm very curious to see your thoughts because obviously I was there, which was beautifully, frighteningly terrifying, but amazing. It was a lot of emotions. So I'm curious what the experience watching from home was like, you know, was it, did you was it good? Camera angles was it good? Feed? Did you get a good feel for like what it what it was like there?
1: It looked like it was happening in a like a sunny tunnel to me in a way, <laughs> and maybe that's like not the, very <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. in so, like mm. I should say, I had the uh, ESPN broadcast on muted because okay. I don't like Mel kuiper and what he has to say as a rule, and
0: okay. sure. I don't.
1: I actually just don't like the way ESPN uh, pundits often talk about things uh, and I actually had a uh, a stream going on that was more laid back uh, it was still ESPN it was an ESPN stream but it was like Spencer Hall and Mina Kimes and uh, a few other people like that where it was just like they didn't feel the need to be buttoned up and they were just kind of joking around and goofing and like that was pretty fun because they're like they are like, oh, someone just told me the next pick. I don't think I should say it. Then they're like, who, like someone just told me, who do you have? And they're like, oh, we got different picks here. Which one of us was like, who's, whose source is dumb? And that was fun. But, uh, yeah.
0: that
1: was only like day one. I had it like that.
0: Well, yeah. So this is, listen to this. So we got to Vegas. Let's see. Kim got there Monday. My other coworker got there Monday. I went, ended up going Wednesday. Cause I could not deal being there that long. It's too much. To be in Vegas, so they're there. They do the whole preview walkthrough which was great because they got to see the red, the purple carpet, and they got to see the stage and everything before. Us, so we were able to give people a, a sneak peek. The purple carpet, okay, was I'm not sure if you understood this, but it was over the fountains, right? They set it up over. No, it, so you couldn't. Very I at least couldn't tell that. Yeah. So okay, great because like that was the whole point why they were doing it, it was so that people could see it, but so many things wrong with this. It was limited for media. There was like nobody that got credentialed for the red carpet, unless you were literally doing on camera for the top networks, you know? So none of us actually even got credentialed to that, of my group. Then they have it set up where you like walk up onto the red carpet, you go across it and it's on the Bellagio fountain. And and they're doing the test runs in the morning. It's getting soaked because they're trying to have the fountains go off behind it as like a visual, but it's completely soaking the carpet. So then they're figuring out how to dial that back and everything. Mm-hmm. And that was the only part of the draft that was there. So it was like an hour. Mm-hmm. They shut down Las Vegas Boulevard for that an hour. And then that was it. And then the rest of the draft was over at Caesars forum where the main stage was and all of the, you know, the fan experience and everything. Well, so, They had
1: the card set up and everything like yeah, that. It
0: was so stupid to do, in my opinion, to have that going on there, you know, and then, and then do the rest over there. They should just had everything at Caesars but have went way better. It was so spacious and great. You know, the media center was awesome. The green room with the players was right next door to us. So we could see that it was great. Um, I think the draft experience was incredible. You got to go in, do all these different things and buy gear and, um, they had autograph sessions with players and it was just really, I thought that part was really well done. So, um, now, yeah.
1: let me ask you this, to prepare for your trip to Vegas covering mm-hmm. an event, did you read Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas?
0: <laughs> no. And did,
1: if so, did you try to mimic it?
0: No, I did not. I was just trying to stay alive. Okay. Do, like,
1: yeah. Do actually, do people know how good of a sports writer Hunter S. Thompson was?
0: I don't think they do.
1: Because if you haven't, you should read Fear and Loathing at the Kentucky Derby. Or no, sorry. Okay. That's not what it's called. Kentucky Derby is depraved and dangerous. I think it, it was like a sports illustrator piece. It's incredible. It's like when he invented gonzo journalism, though it's just him getting drunk at the Kentucky Derby and like his like style. And it's great.
0: <laughs> okay, um, I will take your word for I that. Believe
1: he was writing for ESPN when he died, but uh, anyway, it was uh, not to get sidebar. It, it was, was like
0: I don't know. It was a lot.
1: I still think ever since they left Radio City, which I'm fine with the new. Yeah. Program, I don't know if you're like a Radio City purist. I know some people are like, why'd they ever take it out? Yeah. I still think that to this day, the best they've been able to do at a uh, city venue was Nashville. I, I love, oh my
0: God. Don't I you think that was the best? Incredible. And I covered that one too. So I have some point of reference. Mm-hmm. It was amazing because all roads led, it dead, Broadway dead ended into the, the stage and the experience. It was incredible. But I will say this I don't know if, if you guys saw, but on my Twitter, we did um, a behind the scenes tour with the people that make the jerseys for the first round picks on stage and they're a company called stalls they're a heat press company and i've been working with them since um nashville i did my first story on them and this year they invited us backstage before the draft and gave us like a preview so they walked us through you know how they pick the jersey out and then where it goes on the table and they put out all the the heat transfer stuff to press the name and then they have the machine back there and it's oh, yeah. like 10 seconds yeah,
1: yeah. you a really really cool video of it on your Twitter account if people want to go back it was really neat.
0: Film. yeah I think it's worth checking out because it's something people don't realize like where did those jerseys come from how are they made so quickly so yeah. what the cool yeah. part is that stalls in there they have a bunch of they're incredible people by the way so shout out stalls but they have a group of people and they get to pick maybe I don't know 30 not even maybe I don't know how many seconds they get it before everyone else, but they get it early and then they have 60 seconds to grab the right Jersey, grab the right name and press it and get it out to the commissioner on stage. So it's high
1: pressure. So, That's a high pressure, it's super job high there. pressure.
0: Honestly, it's, it's the most impressive part of the draft to me. I mean, obviously these guys have worked really hard to get there. And they're the number one thing, but of the production, I think it's super interesting. The so, behind the
1: scenes stuff, certainly.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we got to like walk backstage and see that and do that. So that was really, Mm -hmm. um, an incredible experience getting to see those jerseys before the guys had them. We were able to like see them where they are. And so that was really neat. I really enjoyed that for day one. And then obviously like I got to talk to all the guys that were there. So like sauce Gardner was one of the, you -hmm. know, first guys off the board for, especially for AAC. Yes, and so, but he didn't come in and do his interview until way, way later. For some reason, like, he was really well, delayed because, you know... Did you seem to get goes,
1: lost on the way to the stage?
0: No. <laughs> but doesn't the the surprise stage. me because when you're walking back there, it's like this hallway of cards and it's not really clear. We got lost, too. It's not really clear where you're going, so that did not surprise me at all.
1: And he was such an early pick, I think, mm-hmm. that they put someone, like, hey, stand over there and direct the yeah, guys. right. Right? Uh, yeah, no, Sauce Gardner, uh, I've I tweeted this and I put a, it mm-hmm. as a fun fact into an article I wrote. Yes. The highest AAC draft pick since Blake Bortles, taken third overall in 2014, who was actually the first player ever drafted out of the AAC. I think that's a little full circle stuff, except, you know, it's not like the AAC's last draft ever, but.
0: I thought it was a really good note, And, you know, shout out to you for that, because it, it did lead me Absolutely. to ask that question of him. And so we were, I was able to ask him that. And if you saw the interviews or you can just go to Twitter, he talked about, you know, what it means for himself as a representative of the conference and small ball everywhere, you know, group of five, um, and I thought he had a really good answer. And it was funny, right when I went to ask the question, this guy over in the other side of the room literally asked, starts to ask the same exact question. It sounds like we we actually say the same thing. It was like you're bizarre. reading cue
1: cards and forgot who's cute it, it was bizarre.
0: And you see, you I have a video of it. You see sauce, and he looks over, he's looking at me because I got I would kind of spoke first. And then he looks over at the guy and he's just like, he looks back at me. He's like, that was crazy. Like you guys just said that at the same time. And I let the other guy go. And he asked a question about something, uh, being a a pick for Cincinnati. And then I asked my question about the conference, but it was a trip because, you know, I hadn't thought anyone would have that kind of information except for us. But
1: do you know who the guy um, was or who he wrote for by chance? Just out of my own curiosity.
0: I don't, it's in the video I have. So I'll, I'll go look, but um, it was just such a trip. I don't know. I I didn't post that part. Or did you send me the video
1: of it? No, I'll send
0: it to you. I was going to say,
1: you you. either sent it to me or saw something on your Twitter, his answer, because I believe I, you know, I think it's on your Twitter because I'm pretty sure I put your, like, into an article I wrote, so.
0: It was a good question. And we, you and I were workshopping that for, you know, minutes before. So I appreciate your help with that.
1: (laughs) No, of course. Uh, What do you think, though? Not to actually talk about the football of it. Do you think the Jets are a good fit?
0: I mean are the Jets ever a good fit for anybody?
1: <laughs> they're a good best. fit for Darrell Revis.
0: Yes okay no, I think it's that was a I don't think go. that the Jets know if they the problem is that I don't think the Jets know if they're a good fit for somebody so I think time will tell I'm so apprehensive to be like yeah this is going to be great like this is going to work mm-hmm. out we don't know yeah. we don't we don't know what's going to happen for him is he likely going to have a great career of course because he's a competitors and athlete but you don't get
1: drafted number four overall unless you right. the odds are good but
0: they're they're pretty good but they're not certain because there's a lot of buzz that have been drafted high that that don't pan out because it's a different game so yeah. and do i have concerns over the fact that he did play in a group of five you know conference that he didn't play in uh, that power five that he is a little bit small
1: necess- so a little bit small maybe when it comes to run support uh, yeah I don't have too many concerns about him playing a group of five because when they went to play Alabama, Alabama made their whole offensive game plan. The other go run other way, other way, other way. <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong, other way ended up working, but their whole, right. there's a reason they made their game plan other way, you know?
0: I mean, this is, it's just a different level of competition. It's going to be faster. It's going to be stronger. So I'm, I'm curious to see his transformation now that he's done with college and he can dedicate the time to his body and his craft. What happens for him as he progresses? So I'm excited. My biggest
1: concern is if he's going to be a little too handsy and get called for a little too many holding.
0: He's, he's very, he's a a very confident young man.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I Uh, real quick trivia question for you. Yeah. Who are the three AAC players to be drafted top 10?
0: Uh, ever? Like, oh, ever, Blake ever. Bortles, Ed Oliver, Sauce Gardner.
1: Yeah. And what do they all have in common? <laughs>
0: uh, they're teams that left for the Big 12.
1: They're all leaving for the Big 12. Yep.
0: I, I read your article, Dan. Okay. Oh, God
1: damn it. You're beating. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> okay. Can't get but me.
0: I'm going to know.
1: <laughs> I think it's important to note that the mm-hmm. teams and this is a little bit off topic from the draft, but it is important to remember that the teams leaving are the most talented ones. And that's ultimately what it comes down to is they're the ones who produce on the field. And
0: Well, it just means arms. that there's going to be new more talent, most talented teams. So I speaking look forward of, to seeing who will step speaking up.
1: Speaking of talented and stepping up Tulsa with first-round draft picks in back-to-back <laughs> yes. seasons for the first time in their school's history. Epic. I did not Epic. see that coming. People's
0: faces when they heard, I know, no one did. I thought and he was a second people's faces round uh, yeah I, I think people but you know what that's the Cowboys for you because they they do things like that mm-hmm. that only they understand but it will make sense and I think he's he's a hell of a player so I was excited to see to see Tyler Smith go off the board
1: and then, you know, Tyler Smith has the same problem that Sauce Gardner has actually where he's a little hands he grabs and holds a little too
0: mm-hmm.
1: much uh yeah a bunch of penalty a bunch of holding calls in particular called on him uh which like I think that's better than being like being too physical It's being better than not physical enough at offensive line for sure.
0: Yeah. and the yeah.
1: turnover. So I think he's going to play as a rookie. I think he'll be fine.
0: Uh, I'm excited to see the combination of him and Tyler Biotis. who was a guy that I championed um, mm-hmm. in the, in the, in that draft and knew was going to be great for them and was excited to see him get that, you know, chance to start. And mm-hmm. he's an incredible center. So I'm excited to see them work together. And um, I think, the Cowboys offensive line is going to be, it's going yeah. to be good. So
1: yeah. Uh, three second round picks, Logan Hall, Alec mm-hmm. Pearson, Brian Cook. Again, mm-hmm. we're talking Houston and two guys from Cincinnati. Any of those jump mm-hmm. out to you?
0: <laughs> I was excited for Alec Pierce because I, as much as I don't like him that much as like like his, yeah. yeah, his, yeah. I didn't like his personality. I do think he's an incredible player. So um, I love to see, to see him, go I, to a
1: yeah. team and yeah. i think that's a good landing spot for him in indianapolis mm-hmm. i thought it was a little bit of a reach in the second round i thought i think that alec pierce's athleticism is a limiting factor that's all good mm-hmm. technically sound wide receiver he doesn't to me have as much upside as other guys do
0: yeah
1: uh, as logan hall i think one of those guys the nfl loves because he's a high upside guy in that same mm-hmm. respect if you look at him, he, you go. He's got all the natural tools to be great, and that's why he was very nearly a first-round pick.
0: Yeah, he was close.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Desmond, I want to talk
0: about the third-round guys. Yeah, I know Desmond Ritter. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, Desmond Ritter. All the quarterbacks fell off a bit. Some people had oh Ritter as a first-round guy. Uh,
0: I was dying laughing because. I have been telling people from the start that this is not a quarterback class and everybody knew that, but people wanted to pretend like these guys were going to go high. Why would you waste a high draft pick on a subpar quarterback?
1: If I was Atlanta who Desmond Ritter was drafted by, why would I take first up? Don't take him in the first draft. If you can in third, that's a basic rule. Hey, Bill Belichick drafting Cole strange in the first round. That's a basic (laughs) rule. Uh, Anyways, not to be distracted by my Patriots. Um, <laughs> yeah. If I'm the Falcons, I need a quarterback. Like you're going in with Marcus Mariota and you go, yeah. you're going to go with two things. Either we look at this draft class and say, Oh, no, thank you. Either we're going to be reaching for Mac Corral or, you know, Sam Howell or someone like that, who we're not sold on. Or hear me out. you build around your quarterback before you have the quarterback, which is, I think, what a lot of teams chose to do. They said, oh, we need a quarterback, but we also need wide receivers, and there's a ton of great ones. Um, You know, why don't we get those guys in offensive linemen so that next year when guys like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are available, we can get them, hypothetically. Obviously, you don't know how it's going to break down. And uh, already have the team around them, which I think makes sense. It's why the quarterbacks fell, including Redder. Uh, a lot of people are very high high on Ritter for his decision making and for his leadership qualities Mm -hmm. the accuracy is bad though like it really is his downfield throwing is not accurate and that's a concern in the NFL where you need to be deadly accurate and I know that now that Josh Allen proved that some guys can be coached up to have better accuracy everyone wants to believe that every guy can but Josh Allen's the exception not the rule you know
0: yeah, he is definitely mm. the exception. He's
1: also got like three Pro Bowl wide receivers that he's throwing to, which doesn't hurt. It doesn't, it doesn't you hurt. know what I mean? It doesn't hurt yeah. that they got Stefan Diggs and his ability to throw 80 yards and have a guy run under it. Alps and materialized, you know?
0: Yeah, I so was I, more excited for Marcus Jones to go to your Patriots than Desmond Ritter. I was Ritter. super happy. I
1: mean, that was like the only draft that yeah. the Patriots made that I was happy about, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it was a good one because it he's going to be... And he's late a, third round, well, I guess it's like middle. Well,
1: it was like a middle no late late, middle it was late late, yeah. Well, with the, yeah. Com, com, with the compensatory picks, it was middle, but like mewing, yeah.
0: Whatever. I thought that was good for him and like it's, it's gonna fuel huge. him a little bit, you know, yeah. Okay,
1: so he's gonna be able to do a few things in New England. First off, the Patriots need corners, so he's gonna be able to compete to be on the field as a corner because it's just a hole on that team. Uh, mm-hmm. the Patriots also need a returner and special, like Matthew Slater is. One of the greatest special teamers of all time. Oh I think he retired if he's not at the very twilight of his career. Gunnar Ozleski is not your
0: love. Lord. I love
1: Gunnar. He's been returning punts. I don't want him returning punts anymore. It's fine. He's I want like a loose cannon,
0: and I love him so much. I know. Oh, I think Mark Jones would be way better. Do.
1: But yeah, like, I know. Get him I know. returning kicks. You know, Maybe yeah. put him in the slot as a nickel corner. Mm. And I think give him time to see if I don't know with his height that he's ever an outside corner in the NFL. And that's the trick to Marcus Jones is Mm -hmm. how can you put a six foot four wide receiver on him on the goal line and expect him to win that battle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But he's a hell of a, he's a hell of a gamer. I love him. He's always around the ball.
1: Yeah. He's all around, always around the ball. And I, Mm -hmm. I love that pick for the Patriots. I do.
0: I do. That was one of my favorites. Honestly, if we're talking about favorite AAC picks. It was that one or it was Calvin Austin in the fourth mm-hmm. to the Steelers? I
1: that was a steal was, in the fourth, I think.
0: Yeah, I am I think, very excited to see what he does.
1: I also think uh, your Bay Area 49ers with Danny Gray in the third was an interesting Yes,
0: one. I actually like that for them, though, because Danny Gray was a guy I was looking injury forward to. but. Yeah, but I was looking issues. forward to seeing him with a team that values offensive weapons like that in, a, in an untraditional way, because I don't yeah. and see I think, him... As very traditional, you it know? looks
1: like Debo's probably moving on. We don't know, but I, who
0: knows? I'm yeah, so he, ha- he asked of that for a trade,
1: like... yeah, not to get too NFL rumory. But either way, if the way they use uh, Debo Samuel is any indicator, Kyle Shanahan knows how to use a good wide receiver. I'm also like, them.
0: can the man just live? Like, can we just like let him live? Like, I swear, yeah. people are like. God, it's become Debo mania. I'm like, let the let the man go. Like, if he wants to go somewhere, people should just be able to go. Like, if if, oh, they're, that's you not know, how if there's you know, list... work. Well, I'm saying we don't need to harass him from a media standpoint. The way that's we fair. Be.
1: That's fair. I think It's media, too much. It's the offseason People media especially latches on too much, and yeah, it's, I think a it's lot like, of NFL I get it that we don't have
0: anything better to do, but Jesus, oh. like,
1: I think NFL media coverage, especially around the draft and player movement, tends to be a little bit gross. Yeah. But that's just me. Uh, I thought Jerome Ford going to Cleveland was an interesting yes. spot for him staying, mm-hmm. staying in Ohio. Really good running back room so maybe a little tough to find the ball mm-hmm. but a good place to learn and develop at the same time.
0: Agreed it's going to be really good. I liked where all the the lower round guys pretty much mm-hmm. landed like I didn't have any I thought they see did really well in the staggering of like where everybody went mm-hmm. good matches for them like I think of all the conferences they were the most consistent with, oh, okay, that makes sense for this guy. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a good fit for this guy. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I liked no, it. It was, a, it was a good
0: draft. It was a good draft for the AAC, I feel like. You should be happy.
1: I, yeah. It's uh, I assume you get the press releases, like for immediate release emails from the AAC. Mm-hmm. There's the one, with, I think they said in one of those that it was the uh, for back-to-back years that most mm-hmm. uh, players ever drafted for the conference with 19. Total. So yeah, yeah. The AAC's is in good shape as far as that's concerned. The question is, will they be in good shape once Cincinnati's nine draft picks and Houston's three draft picks, and UCF had one draft pick too uh, this year? Though, well, have, Memphis,
0: have Memphis had Memphis you know, and SMU
1: had a few guys drafted. Each. Yeah,
0: so I think I tweeted something about that. Memphis set a record for something. I'd have to go back and look, but they they did very well and I think that and SMU stuff like you said bodes well for the conference because when Memphis can step up and be strong and there's a lot of talent on Memphis rosters it just doesn't always translate into wins during the season but I think we're going to see a shift in that now but
1: yeah the trick with Memphis is I don't think that Ryan Silverfield is going to be in that job for too much longer and that maybe is like unfair to like predict right here but like Mm -hmm. You know, I think that he is in a position where he needs desperately to figure out the defense. And he's also suffering from uh, the comparisons to the two coaches before him. they Justin Fuente and Mike Norvell, who both did very well. You know, Fuente turned the program into a, an AAC power and Norvell took him mm-hmm. to the Cotton Bowl and actually won the conference, you know, outright. And right. unfortunately, when you follow up that act and you even if it's not your fault that all the talent immediately graduated and you have to kind of reset the roster a little bit. Mm-hmm. People are going to notice that you went from being 10 and 2 to 6 and 6. You know? Yeah. And they're going to get antsy and like, what's I think wrong? This, with year this?
0: Is, this year is going to be it's a huge. very telling year for him. And he's yeah. got a
1: new defensive coordinator because Mike McIntyre took the FI, uh, FIU
0: job. Yeah. And he's got a new offensive coordinator in his mm. second year. So, in, or no, oh, in his first year. Wait. Was Cramsey there last year? No. I thought. I, thought I can't remember yeah maybe he, he was. was yeah um i can't lose I, you track of all the years <laughs> but either,
1: either way he's yeah. got a, still a very young quarterback yes and again uh mm-hmm. you're replacing calvin austin who was by far your best player uh the identity you had under mike norvell as a running spread team is kind of gone because you can't run the ball like that anymore there's concern yeah no that's not to get sidetracked we'll do at some point this summer i'm sure uh individual team previews where we can talk more deeply about those things.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: Memphis and SMU do have to rise and be the top of the program and the top yeah. of the class and like be clearly very good, I think in the coming
0: I'm not worried about SMU because Brett Lashley, like I said, is
1: I'm he's full of energy. Really They've been so
0: him. yeah, they're so hyped up there. I was really bummed I had to miss the spring game, but I could just feel the energy all the way from here. So I am excited for that. And but- they're-
1: uh, did you see the SMU tweet where they put a gold Trans Am in the tweet? No,
0: because it was per- It
1: was Chef's kiss, perfect.
0: So <laughs> their, their is, Twitter game is very strong. For those who don't now. know,
1: <laughs> what Eric Dickerson might have been <laughs> driving uh, back in the day?
0: Gold Trans Am, I like it.
1: Uh, yellow Trans Am action, and that was a little pre-death penalty SMU action. Hey, we're <laughs> in a new era with NIL. Rock and roll.
0: New era, new time. All right, well, let's switch. That's what we got for the draft. It was great. Exciting. I hope they never do it in Vegas again. Um, I'm sure they will. I really, I can't, I won't do it again. I can't. I spent Friday at Rob Gronkowski's beach party and I looked don't fun. know how it, it was amazing, but I don't know how it survived. So I'm just like too old to be doing things like that. And how old like are taking, you in August? Like taking muscle chugs with the Gronk brothers. (laughs) They got to be older than you though, don't they? Uh, I'm never going to like, nice try. Um, Let's transition to our last topic for the (laughs) podcast and talk about one of my favorite current obsessions, the USFL, the United States Football League. Part two. Incredible.
1: Well, electric boogaloo.
0: Asterisk. (laughs) But yes, uh, it has been so much fun watching this league, especially with, with not having any football right now. So having spring football in general has been incredible. And the USFL has just done, I think, a top-notch job of bringing us you know, exciting football. Now, granted, it's in its first year, so obviously there's going to be kinks to work out. And not all of the play has panned out the way we had hoped it would, especially at the quarterback position and then initially the kicking positions, which was an issue with the football that they sorted out. But... I think as we
1: matter.
0: special teams do matter, but having a functioning football matters as well. So that, you know, that call was a uh,
1: baseball if it's non functioning baseball. that they're using that right to now. Tom
0: Brady, I guess, and the Patriots.
1: Uh, first and foremost, we can talk about that if you want to talk <laughs> about that.
0: I do not want
1: to do The Colts balls were also (laughs) deflated because in cold air, that shit just happens. Second off, the rule for tampering with equipment is a $25,000 fine to the team, period, end of story. No, this four-game suspension loss to your first-round draft pick and a million-dollar fine nonsense. That was ridiculous. Thirdly, Mm. why are we letting Roger Goodell be judged during an executioner of the NFL? Ridiculous. 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 Well,
0: I'll tell you this. The governing (laughs) bodies for the USFL have been great. Daryl Johnston, former... You know, Dallas Cowboys fullback has been integral in this league and kind of getting across what players' safety is all about, what all this new innovation is all about. We're talking new camera angles, we're talking different rules. They just literally changed a rule this week about, you know, the the time of the game. They're going to shorten game times to under three hours. So they'll, there will be a running clock. They tried to do this in the first weekend, but it didn't pan out. But there will be a running clock, I think, in the first and third quarter. I have to – yeah. Uh, and yeah. The clock will be kept running after an incomplete pass in the first and third quarter. So that's going to be effective immediately this weekend. So I will definitely, I'll be on the ground in Birmingham tomorrow. So I will You're let you guys know to, what that looks like.
1: Yeah. This college is trying to find a way to shorten games. She was college games are regularly over four hours at this point. Yeah,
0: I'm not mad at that. Like, I'm not mad. If you want to the make a game. One shorter. that they've
1: been talking about in colleges is, is I, I don't know if people know this. I'm sure if they're listening to us, they at least have some idea that when you get a first down in college to reset the change, mm-hmm. uh, the chains rather, uh, the clock stops after that. And mm-hmm. with a lot of hurry-up offenses that don't take time between plays at all, the games just last forever. Like yeah. a hurry-up offense that goes yeah. three and out takes 15 seconds off the clock, basically. You know, yes. a hurry-up offense that gets three first downs and three plays takes 25 seconds off the clock, basically. It's so fast now. now you do yes. have to kind of like find a way to be like okay it's a different world and make that experience adapt or that. die
0: man that's what that's what it is and i think that the usfl has found uh, a perfect way of blending the excitement of football with the accessibility to fans the mic'd up has been one of the most fun things to listen to both on the coaches and the players the sideline reporters yeah the, well i mean like in we never got this much of it ever <laughs> You know, and so they're, they're actually doing like full parts of games. They're, they're, when they're calling plays like the NFL and they've never, they've always in it in warmups or like certain chunks of things, but you're getting like way more access with this. So okay. I think it's great. I'm excited. And we've seen a few notable names from the AAC. Um, you know, you, you've actually kept, kept um, better tabs on some of the guys than I have. So you I've might kept want tabs to-
1: on like the UCF guys. So oh, for being yeah. honest.
0: That's fair. So. Uh, Marlon
1: Williams, fr- mm-hmm. former UCF wide receiver, scored a couple of nice touchdowns. Neville mm-hmm. Clark's been decent at corner. Uh, just stuff like that. I am. I've caught like parts of a couple games. If we're being honest, because I am not great about remembering that football's on mm-hmm. right now. I'm distracted. It's by fair. That's I'm fair. You can always catch the, the highlights
0: time. on my on my Twitter.
1: Uh, so don't our worry. Our boy Paxton Lynch, Memphis football, not as good. The,
0: the quarterback play has been rough. Like they, those guys are still definitely. No, you have to understand. They didn't play together. They had like three weeks of training camp, and they, that was not live action. So it's definitely going to take a little bit of time for this to settle in. But that being said, I have not been overly impressed with the quarterback play. I've been far more impressed with the fullbacks. With the the secondaries have been incredibly strong. Uh, oh, have and they been incredibly
1: watch. strong? Have the of the quarterbacks been incredibly bad?
0: That's a fair point, but at least and they're capitalizing the middle, on those opportunities. Yes. Somewhere um, in the middle. We've, what... and it's been fun because we've seen guys from all over the AAC, from Tulsa, from South Florida. There's been players, yeah. um, East yeah, you... Carolina. There's even a Navy guy,
1: love, you know, which has been great, Sean Williams.
0: Yes, we yeah. love to see a Navy guy. There's Brady White from Memphis. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember good old Brady I rem- White?
1: I remember Brady Memphis has multiple quarterbacks in the uh, USFL, yes. is what that means.
0: And, and only we even one have of a, them is a temple so. temple wide receiver, Brandon Mack. So it's been oh, fun yeah, to I remember Brandon yeah. Mack
1: first time. Yeah. He's a lot of fun to watch in the American.
0: Yes, it's been really fun. So um definitely if you haven't tuned in, you should tune in, you know, cheer on these former AAC guys, but just watch some football. It's the the viewership has been in incredible. I think the first weekend they
1: hit numbers, yeah. Three and a
0: half million across all the platforms. So
1: and like their numbers Um, have been like good when you compare them to like say Sunday night baseball.
0: Like the primetime
1: baseball game or something like that. So that is a good sign if the leagues can continue because these leagues always run into issues. I know the USFL is I believe NFL backed a little bit more than other leagues have been. Association necessarily
0: I they're don't like know that Chelsea. they're facts, but Is the it? NFL has been out and present at the games. They are definitely hedging their bets on this and the XFL to see, you know, where they want to yeah. partner up with. But I'll tell you this, the Fox partnership has been incredible for this league because mm-hmm. not only from a programming standpoint, you've got analysts. My only...
1: Yeah, Fox took, only, little, Fox took a gamble financially on this league.
0: I think. They did, and I think, honestly, it's it's I think it's going to pan out because this league only has anywhere to go up. The stadium is gorgeous, and this is the only year they're doing it all in Birmingham. They're going to move the That's games. That's a financial to-
1: constraint this year to save a little bit of money, yeah.
0: It is, but it's also so you can hammer out the kinks. Like, if you're in one place and you're working on the broadcasting, the officiating, the communication, if you're all in one stadium working those things out, it's going to be a lot more seamless when you have to go elsewhere and then have all these games going in different yeah. locations. So,
1: and interestingly enough, for those interested, they're playing the games at uh, Legion field and UAB's new stadium. So that's an American conference stadium you've been going to.
0: I have only a been couple years to, ago. it's the pro protective stadium. That's is what it's called. called. Yes. I don't. Yeah. Protective stadium. Um, that is the only, so we were there the first weekend, they played all the games yeah. there. I have heard they're going to go to, Another field, uh, stadium as well, but I'm not sure, so Wouldn't I will be, let you know this weekend. I thought they are playing games
1: at Legion Field. I could have been wrong.
0: I I had heard that too, but as of right now, I'm pretty sure they've all been at Protective Stadium. So okay. I don't know. That's it's um, well, the nicer yeah. stadium. It's, it's gorgeous. It's I mean, it's like nicer than. Yeah, new. it's it's like, really nice. So.
1: Yeah, we are going to talk I like it. at some point in the future about the new teams coming in and what we think about them for sure. Yes, I think very highly of what UAB is doing
0: uh yes, anyways i like UAV. yeah and we will have more aac coach interviews for you guys next time we had to take a little break this time to talk about you know the draft and everything else mm-hmm. so just stay tuned for the next pod because we do have more conversations with aac head coaches including usf's jeff scott and i think we also talked to ecu's mike houston so. yeah we
1: have not had him had his interview no. on yet we'll So we are have we're to talk we'll about have
0: about to Yes. We'll let you know what for they sure. say. and We'll play some clips for you guys to keep yeah. you getting riled up for next season. So,
1: yeah. And if you do want any more USFL like coverage, follow Emily, she's been doing a great job of it for sure on Twitter. Uh, I'm can,
0: campaigning to be the first female in their broadcast booth. So everyone help me out here.
1: Exactly. Uh, if you want any of my nonsense on Twitter and it is nonsense, uh, Dan underscore Morrison 96. Uh, i at
0: MLM yeah. on Twitter and Instagram, E-M-I-L-N-E-M.
1: I'm going to tell you what, I was going to try to say it this time and you cut me off and I'm never going to try I it again.
0: I didn't even, I didn't want to risk it, Dan. Maybe next time. That's, that's
1: fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, that's all we have for you this week. We're off. Yep.
0: We'll see you next time.